Welcome to Your Life Choices Podcast with me, John Deeks. Thank you for joining us. Today, we've got two subjects to talk about. Only 18% of aged care facilities consider allowing residents to keep a pet. The Companion Animal Network, that's called CAN, is putting out a survey to try and convince the government to allow more pets into aged care. And we'll be speaking to the CEO of Companion Animal Network, Trish Ennis, a little bit later on. But firstly, it's time for Senior Stays. Now, this is a company called SeniorStays.com. is headed by Jacinta Phelan, and she's got all the clues as to good places for us seniors to stay at. Welcome, Jacinta. Hello, John. Thank you for having me. Why start Senior Stays? Well, John, back in 2006, one of my uncles had passed away, and I thought, what a pity. You know, he was 61. I thought how lovely it would have been for he and his wife to travel. He was just about to retire. And I thought, I wonder if she would like to go solo travelling eventually. I was on the internet looking around for solo travel for over 50s and there was not a lot out there. So I thought I might start my own travel website up for the over 50s. And that's how it started in 2006. Jacinta, how do senior stays differ from other travel agencies? So how we differ is we don't take a commission. And so a lot of the hotels will advertise with us their special deals. They'll give us individual deals for our clients. And what happens is they can deal with the hotel directly. They actually book online through our site. We're like an online platform where they'll book directly with the hotel. So there's no commission being charged. In return, our hotels and resorts are able to offer a special deal for our clients. So you're not connected to any particular brand of hotels? Yes, we have We have a majority of the hotels and resorts of all the different brands. And we also have a lot of B&Bs. That's another new trend we're seeing. A lot of people have B&Bs or their holiday houses they're renting out now. And they specifically like to target the over 50s because they know the place will be looked after. There's not going to be hopefully any wild parties. So it's becoming very very popular. And also we're finding that a lot of people are having celebrations at the, for like for their 70th birthday. They take the family away to a big house that they'll rent out for the summer or for the week and uh, and have you know, a great celebration there with all their families. So it's becoming very popular senior stays from that side of things too. Have the seniors been neglected in the past? What we're finding is a lot of these new trendy hotels, a lot of them were targeting the 20s and 30-year-olds, but what we're finding now is us over 50s, we're wanting to have a bit of spice and, and themed hotels are actually what are becoming very popular with the over 50s. Gone are the days of just the white doona and a very stale kind of room. You've now got amazing artwork on the walls and amazing restaurants as part of the hotel. It's, it's the lobbies and all that sort of thing. They're featuring themselves when you visit these places. Now, they can be very expensive, but through your website, uh, this does make it more affordable. It does, because what happens is a lot of the hotels are offering at least 10 to 15% off the stay. And a lot of them also include a breakfast. Not all of them, but a lot of them always have some sort of special deal where you'll maybe even get a bottle of wine. We oldies are able to, and no offence folks, but I'm one of those, we can go in off season, we can go midweek. Our midweek deals are what we specialise in, actually. A lot of the hotels, especially in country areas too, in the regional areas, will offer special deals. And not just for one night. Like There might be stay three nights, pay for two, that kind of deal. So we're finding a lot of the midweek deals are very, very popular. What other trends are there when it comes to seniors going or travelling? Well, definitely at the moment, the caravanning is huge. And also what we're finding is a lot of people wanting to get back on the cruises and the, the riverboat cruising. Now, tell me about the caravanning. 
caravanning. Do you, do you have caravan parks as part of your senior stays? We do. A lot of them, because a lot of people also aren't comfortable towing a caravan, so there are a lot of caravan parks that have the actual uh, cabins. So they are very popular in the midweek deals too with the uh, cabins in these beautiful parks. Most of them are like resorts these days. Well, we've seen a lot of cruise ships coming back to Australia, which is fantastic. And we've had many cruise lines on Your Life Choices uh, podcast in the past. What are the current trends when it comes to cruising for our senior members? Cruising is back. We have a lot of inquiry about cruises. We're just getting back into that side of things now. But I can assure you, cruise lines are very vigilant at the moment with hygiene. So that side of things is all looked after today. So Jacinta, what other tips and hints would you have for seniors when they're thinking about booking, whether it be accommodation or a resort? Well, definitely not during school holidays. And I don't think you'd want to go travelling through school holidays anyway. But after January, there's a lot of great deals that come up. So I'd say February, March, April are really great times to travel. And of course, through the winter up north is definitely popular. And if you're travelling in the winter months, also look at places like Hobart, even if it's a bit colder. Some people like the cold and some people like places like Cradle Mountain where you can go on great hikes. Seniors are a lot more active than they've ever been. Thank you. (laughs) And they're definitely looking for more active holidays. They're loving the hiking side of things. A lot of the hiking holidays are people over 50. Now, John, do you uh, wear Lycra and go bike riding? I do ride, but I've got a confession. I actually ride my girlfriend's bike, but it's it's lots of fun. And uh, I just, no, 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 just it's got a little bastard. All it is a baguette and a, and a beret, and you'd think I was in France. get a lot of inquiries on our site about bike holidays too. So um, the over 50s, are, they're showing all the young ones up. Tricks and tips, what should I do, what should I not do as a senior booking a holiday? Well, first of all, you have to do your research. Know what your limitations are too. For some people, they have a, a bad hip or a bad knee. So you need to do your research on how physical these, this tour is going to be because some of them are very physical. They will cater for you. There's different tours there to cater for everyone, but it's just knowing which ones. And also knowing with your friendship group, if you want to go away with somebody or if you're a solo traveller, what your limitations are too with with those people because you don't want to hold them back or you don't want to be held back. And make sure you have good travel insurance and also have a checkup before you go. What about some of the out-of-the-way places, the bucket list places that some of our listeners might want to go to? Where are, where are some of those places and how easy are they to access? One of the latest ones at the moment that a lot of people are wanting to go to are the Maldives. Oh. thing is with the Maldives, it is absolutely beautiful. Just making sure that if you are going to a resort there, there's two ways to get to the islands and that is to either fly in by seaplane or you can go in by a, a boat. And I think if you have any health issues with hips or knees, definitely go by boat because getting off a seaplane can be a bit tricky sometimes. I need to get my bucket list out, Jacinta. Yes, you do, John, because travel is back. Where's your next tour? My next trip is actually up to Townsville. Enjoy! I'm looking forward to it, and thank you for having me on the show today. Our thanks to Jacinta Phelan for telling us more about SeniorStays.com. And you're listening to the Your Life Choices podcast with me, John Deeks. You're very welcome. And if you've got a friend who you believe could be assisted or helped by Your Life Choices, it's absolutely free to join. And you're part of a 270,000-odd family who gain a lot of benefits by signing up to the Your Life Choices website. Right now, it's time to change gears and talk about pets and seniors. And I'm speaking with... 
Patricia Ennis. Trish Ennis, who's the CEO of Companion Animal Network Australia. Trish, hello and welcome. Hi, John. How are you? Great to have you back here on the show. Uh, now, tell me, what's, uh, what's the latest brouhaha? Right. Well, Companion Animal Network Australia are working closely with the aged care industry and the government, actually. Yep. We have created a variety of surveys for both the public, older people that are home, and aged care residencies. So what we're trying to do is basically to get the government to include pet care, if you like, or pet support for the home care packages and also to encourage the residential cares to take pets. So what's the status at this time? Because as we know, pets are a valuable part of keeping people's uh, minds active and also, of course, the companionship. We all know what it's like. What was your first pet? Mine was a dog. Yeah. What was his name? Bim. Bim? Yes. What was Bim? Bim was a little Australian terrier. Uh-huh. Our second dog was Ming, and Bim, our third Ming, dog was Kim. Bing, Ming and Kim. Yes. Okay. It sounds like something out of North Korea, really, doesn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. But you know, everyone knows how important animals are, and their support animals now becoming more prevalent. I see them on, on flights, uh, on aircraft. You see them in public transport. You see them. My, my sister has a, a care Labrador, which goes to the library and talk, and helps the children. It's, it's, it's everywhere now. So why is the government resistant to allowing aged cares to have their pets included? I don't think they're so much resistant to the fact that they didn't have enough knowledge, hence building these surveys. So we can actually go to the government and say, hey, well, Australia, number one, is the largest pet owners in the world. Wow. There are a lot of people out there that won't move into residential care because they can't take their pets with them. Is that right? So that's a big issue. Mm. People that are at home, the baby boom is getting older. Mm. Uh, they've got a different lifestyle. The people that are at home, they just need that little bit of support to help with the pets. So whether it's being able to hire a dog walker, having someone take them to the vet, helping them with general washing or grooming of the pet... So just minor things to us, but major things to them. And Trish, you've got um, in front of you a a survey. Helping keep them together, only 18% of aged care facilities consider allowing residents to keep a pet. So you're about to change the world. Well, we hope so. One survey at a time. One survey at a time. Tell me about what the survey is and how our Your Life Choices folks can get on board. Well, there's three surveys, one for the general public... One for people that are taking home care packages at the moment and one for residential care, people in residential care as well as the residential care owners. Mm -hmm. So basically if you go to our website through Companion Animal Network Australia or Australia Can or to our pet friendly website uh, and you can just go through to the aged care section Go to take our surveys and you'll see the three surveys sitting there. What happens to these surveys once they've been filled out? That information comes back to me. We've got a research team that will be pulling all the data together um, and we will be sending it off to government. Tell me about uh, more what Companion Animal Network is doing. Well, we do a variety of things. We advocate for people and their pets. We have uh, a program called rentwithpets.com.au and that is to help not so much people in Melbourne because it's a bit easier because we have some good laws here, but help people in other states and help the states change their laws uh, so that if people want to go in and rent with pets, 
the landlords would have to go to, like, for instance, in Victoria, VCAT, VCAT yeah. to, to get permission. So it's not just a straight out, no, you can't have your pets. I think a lot of people mightn't understand that CAN is an umbrella organisation for others. Absolutely. We're made up of six membership groups and our six members are uh, Animal Welfare League Queensland, Sydney Dogs and Cats Home, Lord Smith Melbourne, Dogs Homes of Tasmania, Animal Welfare League South Australia and SAFE in Western Australia. And they're all rescue and support services, clinics, vets, Mm. uh, as well as the rescues. And you're, just to clarify, you're a not-for-profit organisation. Definitely. We are a charity and basically how CANA earns its money is that the six uh, members give us a small amount of money so any money that comes into us is distributed directly to the six members mm. and then we get a small levy to help us keep going. Anecdotally, tell me about some of the aged care facilities you've been to where there have been pets included into the family, if you will. One in particular is group is Life View in Victoria. They, I've been out at their Cranbourne place and at the moment they have three dogs and three cats. What have they got? They've got a Golden Retriever. Beautiful. An Alsatian Cross. Mm-hmm. A little fluffy dog yep, and three cats. Beautiful. Yeah. How does that integrate into, into the uh, residents' lives? The residents, all the residents love them. Of course. They have, and we've worked with LifeU to set up a, policies and laws around when people come in and they want to bring their pets. So, for instance, if someone needs to go to hospital and they have their pet there, they need to be able to have a place for the the pet to go. Mm -hmm. Now, whether it's a volunteer organisation that fosters the pet for the short term or one of our members that will do respite for the pet, and then the pet's returned when that person's well enough to come back. So are the animals actually, uh, are the owners in there or have they just sort of been adopted into the facility itself? No, that's the difference and that's the best part about it. It's they're the owner's pets. Okay, so they're responsible for for vet fees, for feeding? Yes, Mm -hmm. and prior to coming in, we make sure all the vaccinations are done, their vet checked, their behaviour checked, everything's I's dotted, T's crossed. Once they're in there, they have to look after that pet. So if it's a cat, they've got to be able to change the kitty litter, they've got to be able to feed them. The dogs, they've got to be able to walk and pick up their poo, Mm. basically. So the facilities make areas that they can do this in Mm -hmm. Uh, but yes but I tell you what the response from the people that don't have pets how brilliant I was on a I was talking to a media the other day and uh, one of it was talkback media and we had people phoning in obviously and a lot of people were people that worked in aged care that said oh we've had pets in our place and they've run riot or there's been people visitors saying oh you know, we're scared that the people will fall over pets. Well, that doesn't happen. Dogs, for instance, are always on a lead. They're well behaved. Most of the time, they're very old animals anyway, uh, except for one lady in at Life View who's 94 and her dog's four. Uh, but she's gorgeous. And uh, yeah, with the rules and regulations in place, you know, nothing does go wrong. I'm sure that psychologists and healthcare professionals would have statistics where the lifestyle of the residents are improved dramatically by having a pet. Oh, unbelievable. The mental and physical health. And this is one of the things the government's always on about is the cost of health. Well, the mental and physical health is amazing. The transferring from 
normal life into aged care residency, just unbelievable because those people don't have that depressing, mm. I've lost everything apart from if it's in one room. Yeah. I've got my best friend with me. So that transfer stage is not as dramatic. Helping keep them together is a survey which is being done by the Animal Companion Network. And if you'd like to get a hold of the survey, have a look at it. And if you see something there you'd like to participate in, go to australiacan.org.au. You'll see the General Aged Care Survey, Residential Aged Care Survey, In-Home Aged Care Survey. One of those will be relevant to either yourself or someone that you know or how you would like to see it because um, let me tell you, none of us are too far off uh, going to aged care. Uh, <laughs> But, Trish, it's fantastic. So do get on board with that because uh, it's, it's very important the government has a clear understanding of the, the wishes of people, especially when it comes to pets and aged care. Absolutely. And thanks for your time, John. And I hope you enjoyed our chats today with Jacinta Phelan from SeniorStays.com and also Trish Innes from Companion Animal Network Australia. And until next time, this is John Deeks on behalf of the Your Life Choices team saying be well and be happy.